Welcome to the Therapy Thoughts Podcast. This is Tiffany Rowe. I'm a clinical mental health counselor and psychology teacher in Utah, and I want to change the mental health game. The Therapy Thoughts Podcast is all about breaking down therapy-related topics and making mental health information easy to understand and super accessible. So join me for quick and direct educational episodes and some deeper dives with experts from around the world. Together, we are going to break down stigma. We're going to help each other make peace with mind, body, and food. We're going to make therapy cool and invest time in our mental health. Let's do it here, one therapy thought at a time. What is up, my Therapy Thoughts fam? Tiffany Rowe here, ready to drop some Therapy Thoughts for you. This is a long-asked-for podcast episode. How can I support a loved one if they have an eating disorder or if I suspect they have an eating disorder? This is an informational guide for you. By no means is it going to cover every aspect of this because there's a lot of nuance There's a lot of suggestions out there. I by no means can cover it all, but I hope to give you a starting point, some validation and some ideas from mostly my lived experience, but now also my professional experience as a therapist who's worked with folks for over 10 years dealing with poor relationships with food, whether they struggle with body image, disordered eating, or have developed a diagnosed eating disorder I've spent time with a wide variety of folks and want to share a couple ideas I have. There is work out there that I will tell you about as well as some of my own ideas. We are actually stepping into, starting today, Weight Stigma Awareness Week. And Weight Stigma Awareness Week is all about bringing awareness to weight stigma, the problems associated with weight stigma, and it's dedicated to ending weight hate and helping the community at large understand why all bodies deserve respect, that eating disorders happen in all body sizes, and that as long as weight stigma exists and fat phobia exists, we all are harmed by that. So we want to end weight stigma. We want to end weight hate. Next up, let's talk about Just some general guidelines and rules when it comes to supporting a loved one with an eating disorder. So first and foremost, I want you to have a strong relationship of trust with this person. Relationships are everything. Someone will talk to you. Someone will trust you. Someone will confide in you and share their pieces of themselves that they may be afraid to share if you have a relationship. So If you're walking by someone on the street and you make a judgment about them, their behaviors, their body, their exercise, their food intake, and you shout at them like something really unhelpful and judgmental and stereotypical, like you need to eat more or whatever, that's not helpful. That's not going to help anyone. It's going to perpetuate stereotyping. That's something you shouldn't say to anyone, period. I want you to have a strong relationship with this person and come from a place of love and concern. I I want you to know that encouraging someone to seek help is a good thing. We want to bash the stigma. We want to bash this weird idea that getting help is weak. 
I, I personally think it's going to take all of us to fight the mental health stigma that exists in our country. And it's in these one-on-one micro interactions in our families and our families of origins and with our friends where we give permission to people to have struggles and having an eating disorder is not a choice. Disorders are not decisions. They're diseases. This is a mental health disease and it's a deadly one at that. Eating disorders are really scary, life-threatening, very harmful. And what we want to do is come from a place of love and not be afraid to encourage people to seek help. Now, if that was all it took, like, hey, have a good relationship with someone and tell them to get help, we wouldn't need this podcast. Y'all have already probably tried that. So there's more to it. We got to deal with the nuance. We got to have some finesse here. We got to understand that it's really normal and expected for people to be defensive and resistant and in denial, angry, No one wants to be called out. No one wants to be put on the spot. And so my next suggestion for you is you need to learn as much as you can about eating disorders. When you understand what the function of an eating disorder is, that will help you build empathy, which is a key suggestion. Have empathy. Display empathy for your loved one. And the more you understand and learn about eating disorders, the more organic and accurate empathy you can build for this person in your life. So I encourage you to seek out books, podcasts, seminars, conferences, study the resources out there, follow recovered advocates in the field. We're all over Instagram these days. There is no excuse in the world to not learn about this disease that your loved one has. So put yourself on the spotlight here and dig in and learn because the second you understand that this is about control for the vast majority of us, that this evolves out of trauma, that this is often combined with other struggles such as an anxiety disorder, PTSD, major depression, obsessive compulsive disorder. When you understand the complexity and the function of the eating disorder and the complexities of it being biological, psychological, spiritual, social, and the cultural reinforcement, you're going to have empathy and you're going to be able to talk to this person in your life from a place of understanding, non-judgment. And so put yourself to task, learn what you need to learn, because it's also really important. Part of the suggestion here is know the facts. If the loved one in your life is avoiding eating meals with other people, If they're running to the bathroom every time that they eat, if you hear them purging, if you see them going on a run for X amount of hours or et cetera, et cetera, you can start to gather and understand like, hey, this may be indicative of an eating disorder. You may have some guesses or concerns based on what you learn. Because a lot of us don't know. People aren't upfront about this. They aren't walking around saying, hey, I have an eating disorder. You know, I'm in it. You may be reading in between the lines here. So as you get educated, you may be able to understand some warning signs or some behaviors or some red flags related to an eating disorder and use that to help you have these crucial conversations. Um, You're going to want to explain why you're concerned, right? 
You're going to want to understand specific situations or behaviors that you've noticed and how you feel about that or what you've learned or what you've seen. Uh, it, it's important to combine that learning about eating disorders, accepting this as part of the communication, being able to use that empathy and share I statements about what you observe and what you're worried about. I'm concerned about this. I saw this and I'm really worried. Hey, I've noticed this. I read this and I'm a little bit concerned. I'm a little bit scared. And being able to talk about this vulnerable, sometimes really scary discussion with folks. I want to empower you that as you learn and as you pick up on this stuff that you can use that um, or saying, you know, I'm worried about how frequently you're going to the gym. I've noticed X, Y, and Z. Um, I'm, I'm worried about you. I love you. I care. I statements, using your education about eating disorders, using the empathy and non-judgmental stance. Uh, what you want to avoid is ultimatums. Um, I, when I shared with my family that I had an eating disorder, I, I had an ultimatum thrown at me and it stands out as a really strong and poignant memory. Now, actually the family member who said this ultimatum has since apologized and acknowledged the impact of that. We have a really cool relationship, but this is just for informational purposes. I remember they said, I'll drop your butt off at a treatment center unless you dot, dot, dot. Um, and in that moment, I got extremely defensive, extremely angry, verbally attacked the person um, because the eating disorder was my best friend. It was my identity. I, I couldn't imagine life without it. And yet I was asking for help and I was still so scared. Ultimatums this 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 kind of aggressive do this or else um won't prompt you know this internal organic change it's not going to facilitate the outcome that we're all wanting we want to help them come to that decision um you know and, and ultimatums can really just lead to shame and more hiding and lying or denial and pressure which may increase the symptoms um like I said, this happened in my family, good, loving, supportive people. I was trying to get help. So let's just take the pressure cooker off that this isn't always pretty. This isn't always going to go exactly how we want. We may mess up, but that's why we get educated and we try to do better. Um, avoid blaming the person or I'm encouraging you to use I statements because it's really easy to just say something like, we'll just eat. We'll just stop. Well, just stop eating that, a.k.a. invalidation and blaming of the person. Remember, this isn't a choice. It's a disease. And there's a lot of statements that aren't helpful. And I want to encourage you to think about owning how your emotions are. I feel scared. I feel worried. I feel concerned. I feel powerless. What are your I statements for your loved one and why? What have you observed, seen? What have you read, become educated on? What changes have you seen? Even if it's nothing about body, exercise, weight, and food, even if like big mood changes, I think the goal here, yes, we're talking about eating disorders, but the goal here is to create 
authentic rapport in a relationship where you can have these open communicative moments and be a safe person for someone like, hey, I'm worried. Your mood's been really down. I've noticed you've been super irritable. Hey, I've seen you isolating. What's up? I want to check in on you. You're my person. I'm here for you. I'm here without judgment. That's that's what we're shooting for. And hopefully some of these tips and, and ideas help along the way. And so we're building empathy. You're sharing I statements about what you observe. You are learning about eating disorders. You're learning about warning signs. You're learning about triggers. You're learning what not to say. Um, I want you to consider that the encouragement of seeking help is kind of part of all of this, that maybe that's you can do that because you're doing these other things and it would be really effective. I want you to practice validation. Validation is the name of the game. Validation is a big part of eating disorder treatment, as a matter of fact. So I want you to say, I feel so scared. Here's what I've observed. And if the person shares back to you, like, yes, I am struggling. I hate my body. Society doesn't accept my body. It's not safe to be my body. I want you to validate that. Like, yeah, it is so hard. Diet culture has completely targeted you. This is unfair. And I could see why you want to hang on to this because it's so difficult because the pressure during summer, the pressure from diet culture is so palpable because you're so scared. You won't be lovable without it. I mean, if we dug into those validation skills and could help the people in our life really, really show them that we get it and we're hearing them and we're not just trying to run away from the problem, but saying, I will sit in the suck with you. Eating disorders suck. And I'm here for you in a real relationship of love and support. And I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to do better. I'm willing to have empathy for you. I'm willing to validate you. And I am here to help you get support. I will take you to therapy. I will sit in the first session with you. I will fight diet culture with you. I will fight fat phobia alongside of you. I will celebrate your wins. I will not moralize food around you. I will be the one to lead the discussion this Thanksgiving saying no diet talk, no body shaming. Let's refocus and reclaim our power. I mean, what if that's how we approached folks who were struggling with eating disorders? I know I really would have appreciated that. So strong relationship of, of trust. You're withholding judgment. You're learning about eating disorders. You're sharing I statements about what you observe and what you're worried about. You're encouraging them to seek help. You're using empathy and validation. And you can always share resources. I want you to be prepared for this person in your life to say, F you. Like I said, I did. I got really mad when this person in my life was like, I'm going to send your butt to a treatment center. Um, you know, there, there's a side of me that can get really, really, uh, scary. And she showed up in that moment, you know, she felt really threatened. So I want you to be prepared for that. This to not go is great. You know, you might get a big F you from the person in your life. They may deny, they may resist. And I just want you to know that this is the long haul. You're not going to be able to force anyone to get help. Even if you handcuff them and take them to treatment, which, you know, Sometimes people are forced into treatment against their will because it is literally life or death. And we do what we do to keep people alive. So we, you know, if you have to be ultimatumed into treatment, 
because that's keeping you alive. Okay. I want you alive. Um, but ideally, you know, if the person's not hearing you, they're resistant, they're angry, they're in denial, don't give up. This is about a relationship of trust. And we know recovery can happen. Recovery is possible. So keep going. Pick another time. Choose a time when you want to talk to this person. Um, maybe don't bring it up right after a big fight or something. Like, Pick a time to keep having these conversations. Keep saying, I'm here for you. I want to talk to you. Let me know in what capacity you're cool with that. Um, and, and being patient and supportive is part of the game. I don't want you to give up. I mean, if people shut us down, sometimes we just have to pivot. Maybe uh, at a different time and date, there'll be a shift. Maybe they hit a rock bottom. Maybe they have a bad enough day, you know, maybe they get inspired, but don't give up. Um, but also take care of yourself. Know that it is not your responsibility to stop someone's eating disorder. At the end of the day, that's ultimately up to the person if they're going to fight for recovery. And if we did everything perfect, if I gave you the perfect script with all the best advice and the coolest approach and the most non-threatening and the most relatable therapist in the world coming to tell you how to help your kid, it still may not work, dude, because this disease sucks and it is relentless. And unfortunately, the freaking culture we live in praises it. Disordered eating is not only normalized in our culture, it's praised. And so we got an uphill battle. You add fat phobia and weight stigma to that. We have to fight the stereotyping and people living in bigger bodies, not receiving quality treatment, being prescribed eating disordered behaviors by medical professionals, even eating disorder professionals because of their body size, right? Like we have a long way to go and it is a hard battle. So please don't give up and please take care of yourself self-care. It's okay to have healthy boundaries. We're not here letting people walk all over us. It's okay to take breaks. This, this is the long haul for a lot of us. Recovery from an eating disorder, let's say your loved one is getting help. Often we, we expect people to just be done, you know, like remission, it's gone. And, and often it's a real big battle. Um, I mean, I myself, I've been recovered now, fully recovered for a little over 14 years, um, but there were ups and downs for a while. Um, and that included lapses and relapses and struggles. And I want you to know, like, this isn't a perfect, perfect linear line of just like, boom, no more struggles. And so we want to, we want to use all this information and education about eating disorders to support you to not give up, um, definitely to not blame yourself or the person in your life struggling with an eating disorder. There's a lot that goes into it. A couple other things you can think about is when you encourage someone to seek professional help, understanding that like most many eating disorder sufferers require professional help. Um, and sometimes that's more intensive, higher levels of care, medical intervention to get medically stable. Um, a lot of times I have folks come in to see me, right? Parents are like, awesome. My kid can finally see you or an adult comes in. Like I finally got in with you. Like this is going to cure me. 
And a lot of the times, well, with all of my clients, I require them to get their labs done to check their blood work, to check the EKG, to make sure their heart's okay, um, to check potassium levels, to see where they are, because all of this speaks to medical stability. And I work an outpatient. You know, my clients see me once a week, max. But most of them, you know, just anywhere between four to once a month. And I often, if someone's new in the eating disorder recovery stage, have to refer them to the treatment center down the street and say, hey, you need medical stability. You need to be working with a higher level of care. You need more than I can give you. And so sometimes just saying seek professional help, maybe going to your doctor isn't enough. Maybe going to a cool therapist you've heard of isn't enough. Sometimes you need more. And the medical intervention, the medical stabilization making sure that you're no longer malnourished, making sure that you are re-nourished and that you are stable is an important part of this. So it's really important to encourage folks to seek professional help, but also understanding like we don't always know what that looks like, Um, but you want to start exploring options and supporting them to at least make an appointment. And if that is with someone like me, who's an outpatient and we can start that discussion, then me as a therapist I can explain to them, hey, this is why you got to do X, Y, and Z. And we can help bridge that gap and help people get the right level of care. Um, So encourage professional help, whatever that may be. Let's get that going. Um, I already told you to be prepared for negative reactions. You know, the stigma around therapy, the stigma around mental illness is very real. So I encourage you to keep harping on the message that therapy is cool. Mental illness is not a choice. This does not make you weak, cool, successful, amazing people deal with both physical and mental health struggles. Mental wellness should be valued and getting help is not weak. And just showing up that way and creating that culture in your family or friend group will really help folks get out of that kind of defensive uh, resistant space and just encourage everyone, you know, to accept help, to get therapy, that that's okay. That's cool. It's okay for you to practice what you want to say. You may want to write this. You may, you may want to go meet with your own therapist one-on-one and say, hey, I want to have this really crucial conversation with someone in my life. They have an eating disorder and I want to support them. Let's role play. Help me work through this. I need to deal with my anxiety around this. This is, you know, this is tricky. Um, so that's something else you can do. Just to speak to my lived experience as someone who's gone through an eating disorder, it's really scary to give it up. Um, and it may just be like, duh, just get help. Like, just go to therapy, like dot, dot, dot. It can be scary. Um, I was very scared. I was very defensive. I was very angry. A lot of folks are ambivalent. They kind of take it or leave it. There's pros and cons. Um, So build that empathy and validation for what this person's going through. And again, it's often coupled with other mental health struggles such as anxiety or depression or obsessive compulsive disorder or trauma. And trying to understand life without the eating disorder can be really scary. It's an identity for a lot of folks. And so holding their hand, standing next to them, being able to validate that and to understand that it's so scary and challenging, I think is a really cool thing to do do not engage in diet culture. You cannot be trying to support someone to get in recovery and then talking about your, you know, weight loss, you know, goals 
your obsessive exercise goals, counting your macros, you know, the keto science, whatever it is that you're, you may be into, please get educated on diet culture, the harm of intentional weight loss, the informed consent that we all deserve around that. That kind of information is not supportive to someone with an eating disorder. The last thing I'll tell you is, you know, therapy can be a process. And a lot of people are like, boom, my kid got in therapy. Like I can wash my hands of this. Sometimes you got to shop around. The most important piece of, you know, effective therapy is a good match. When it comes to eating disorders, we need to make sure someone's medically stable. So the medical issues that can come from an eating disorder, we need a physician to see them. We need to make sure that their health is not in any emergency immediate risk. I have had clients in my office in an outpatient setting who are were a literal heart attack, 911 emergency risk. So I want you to know that medical stability first and foremost. But then as you're settling into therapy, if someone's not a good match, if they don't like their therapist, if they're not vibing, it's okay to keep shopping around and to find someone and you can help your loved one like interview different candidates and support them. Um, finding, you know, the right treatment team is ideal. I mean, we start where we start. I'd rather have you just working period with anyone than no one. Um, so just, just be that ally, be part of the team to support them. And, and it's okay if we make mistakes. So have grace, make sure to have that good self care for yourself Make sure to just keep keep in mind that this is a real disease. It's not a choice. A loving, supportive relationship is the keystone to any of us having these hard conversations where we're trying to have someone do self-reflection and saying, hey, I think you need to get some help, right? So take heart. You can do this. I have a couple things that I think will be supportive on my Instagram page. Instead of reading them here... We can link to those in the show notes, but I have 20 things to say to someone with an eating disorder. I also have a list of 20 things not to say to someone with an eating disorder. I also have a post on Instagram that has a list of recovery books that I think would be a great place to start. And then you can listen to any number of people I've interviewed on this podcast Go check out their podcasts, their books, and have just a great place to start for like safe resources for people recovering from eating disorders. Remember, there is no body size of an eating disorder. Anyone can have an eating disorder. People in any body size, any race, any religion, any gender identity, any sexual orientation, any age, eating disorders do not discriminate. That's part of the education. Watch out for these myths and take heart. We are fighting this together. And I'm, I'm so grateful you listened to this podcast episode. I think just being interested enough to get this type of education, though it's not, you know, comprehensive by any means shows that you're the kind of person that someone can trust. You're the kind of person who someone can talk to because you care. And I think the fact that you're listening and interested in that and want to do better when it comes to helping people with eating disorders I want to give you props and thank you for that. Okay, make sure to check out those resources. It's going to take all of us and and share with anyone you know who has a loved one who may be concerned about someone with an eating disorder or questions what that looks like. Make sure to check out the resources, fam. May you be well. 
Thanks for listening to the Therapy Thoughts podcast, but remember, this podcast is not therapy. This is for general informational purposes only. The information on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any condition, illness, or disease. This also isn't intended to be financial, legal, medical, or therapeutic advice. Make sure you're always working with your own personal, licensed mental health counselor. May you be well. I appreciate you tuning in and supporting the Therapy Thoughts podcast. If you want to dive deeper into intuitive eating and body image and self-love, head over to tiffanyrow.com. It's the hub of all of my courses, the podcast, my merch, and information about doing counseling and coaching with me. I hope you guys stick around for more. We have lots of exciting interviews and thought leaders coming onto the podcast. So until next time, may you be well.